Are you ready? I feel like I'm ready. Let's do it. I bet. One more. Yeah, you're right. Oh my God. I have never had. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And Woodford. You can hear, you can, I mean, the wood just right away, you get yep. it on that. I always tell people whiskey tastes like time. There you go. That's, you can't get it any other way. No? That's 12 years in a barrel. Think about, <laughs> think about everything that's happened over the last, yeah. you know, 12 years. Well, you go 12 years, um, this is pre, that is pre, this isn't pre, that is pre-iPhone. Yeah. That was originally put into a barrel prior to iPhone. That's amazing. <laughs> that's why it's the most popular spirit in the world. Did you know that? Scotch is. I mean, yeah, bourbon's probably whatever. close second, yeah, but you know. Yeah, you got a thong on. Who cares? Yeah, I ain't talking to bourbon, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's good. Okay, well, hey, Tony Schaefer, welcome to Street Smart Business. Thanks for having me. And you know what? It feels good that you could share my first moment with me. It's very important. Now, first of all, for a lot of people, you know, you and I have been around a long time together. Who's Tony Schaefer? Me? I'm just some guy, man. Some guy who uh, has learned over the years to be as flexible as possible because uh, the universe loves to throw curveballs. Um, I suck at baseball, but I'm pretty good at uh, swinging at the curveballs that life throws you. So I'm an artist. I am uh, an entrepreneur at heart, and um, I've done everything from touring with music all over the East Coast, doing photography, videography now these days in light of, you know, not being able to play live music at this current point, uh, but we won't go too deep into that yet. We haven't had enough of this yet. But uh, <laughs> I've spent some time in the uh, nonprofit sector. I've done some work for you know the local county chamber of commerce, which mm -hmm. is where we got close. Sure. Um, and that's also a visitors bureau. Uh, I've sat on numerous committees for our local cities, as far as entertainment, economic development, things of that nature. So I am um, both a creative nerd and a corporate nerd smashed into one person that's a lot of nerd yeah a whole lot of nerd <laughs> i could quote you a ton of star wars like right now well what's going to happen is we just got the resume version of who tony schaefer is <laughs> and now for the next god knows how long we'll sit here and bs today love it but we're going to find out i think there's a lot of special things that you bring to the table and there's a lot of things about your personality that i hate great because i'm jealous <laughs> not because i'm and you know i'm just envious of of somebody that has that creative ability that it just seems like was not naturally put into my DNA. And if you met my mom and dad, you would know I was not lying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about beef roast and mashed potatoes five days a week growing up. There's no flexibility. There is no creativity. Um, so I want to talk a little bit because I think there's so much depth to, to what you've done already. I mean, I feel like you've already lived two normal lifetimes and you're still young yet, you know, just a child compared to me. Um, what's it like being on stage being and on stage. performing in front of, you know, as a musician, performing in front of a live audience? I would say, you know, to someone like yourself, and, and we'll kind of rewind a little bit, you know, creativity we always think of it think of it as like you know crafty projects or a painter or an actor. I think creativity happens in every single industry, in every sector globally. Uh, creativity is the ability to make something from nothing. Mm -hmm. Period. True. That, that is literally in its name. Create. Creative. You know, it's it's not anything lofty or abstract that you you can't really grab or touch it's something that's very real very much right in front of you you know when i play a song we're making something happen where it wasn't happening before right right something you've never heard before and we're bringing it to life right in front of you so it to me is no different than when you go and give a presentation on you know helping people manage their estate or giving them some financial advice or anything like that you know it's game on and you're creating this future for them or helping them visualize a future that's not here, right? Right. It, do, it hasn't happened yet, but you are helping them prepare for something that hasn't actually existed yet, which is their future. So that is a magical ability. Uh, but more specifically, music is very special. It is magic. And I'm, I'm not really superstitious in my life or anything like that, but I very much believe that when you go and you play and you play it right, and you get that whole audience together, bumping together, nodding together, singing together, 
that kind of unification to me only happens in churches and things of that nature. When you really bring people together for one cause, I've played shows where at the end of it, someone with a handkerchief around their head, obviously going through chemo, comes up with tears in their eyes and they're just like, thank you. I needed that. Well, That's for three magic. minutes and th 30 seconds, all life's bullshit right. is gone. Gone. Gone to the side. Mm -hmm. And all of the, you know, we're so segmented today in society. You know, this group, that group. And all of a sudden for three minutes and 30 seconds, we are all together all life's bullshits on the side, yep. and everybody's got a unified vision, a unified, a unified thought, and we're all on the same page. That's why musicians and artists believe in world peace. Not everybody does, and some people think it's mm -hmm. a crock of shit, but musicians have seen it. We've mm -hmm. seen world peace, even if it is for four minutes and 12 seconds, we've seen it in oh, a Oh, so you're room. always going to last longer than 3.30. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know... I try to keep it around that four-minute mark, you know, but that's just industry standard. <laughs> it's a lofty standard. goal, my friend, lofty well, goal. You know, but... So, yeah. so let, me, let me ask you this. Um, you've been, you've performed as a, as a solo person up there all by yourself, mm -hmm. and you've been part of several musical groups. Correct. What's the difference? Well, carrying the entire show on your shoulders by yourself is definitely a different beast. I'm trying to think of the right word for that because <laughs> all eyes are on you all the time from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. But the performance keeps going when you're done with the song. You know, you watch a master. Let's talk real master. And I always talk about James Taylor because the dude has been killing it since 1966. He might not be your cup of tea. It might make you think of like your mom or a grandma's music or something like that. But Flower he's, child aunt. He, he's legit at what he does. And that's because the songs are good. He plays them well and he, he performs them well. But in between is where it really counts. And that's the difference. If you're a really good solo artist... You better be talking to that audience and you better be captivating, telling stories about, well, one time me and Jim Croce in 1976, people are interested in that. Um, but when you're doing it with a duo, all of a sudden you have this energy to bounce off of. And then the three piece, four piece, five, I've played with as many as 11 people, 12 people on stage. And that energy is very different. It's a group project and we're all rowing the boat together. Uh, so I think it's easy. I always prefer to be in a group if I can help it. Just for that reason. I love teamwork. I love everyone working toward a common goal. There's that world peace thing again. I'm sure that's not the last time I'll bring that up. But <laughs> I love it when everyone works together for a common goal. And it's very clearly defined roles and hierarchies. And everyone knows why they're rowing and when they're rowing. And you get there on time. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful feeling. Well, you know, we're here on Street Smart Business podcast. <clears throat> yes, sir. And what you do on the stage is probably what most business people or entrepreneurs struggle with the most. Yeah. And that is in three minutes and 30 seconds, I still believe you're a short time man. I have a few. <laughs> you can connect, you can be transparent and authentic, and then you can get buy-in back from your audience. Yeah. What's a sales process? Authentically you, always. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And that, that was something, as soon as I started working at the Chamber of Commerce and all these businesses are coming in, everyone's got the same sob story. It's not what it used to be. The, the sales are down, and even when they're up, they're not up as much as they used to be. Um, and I think it's, again, flexibility. That's why that's the first thing when you ask me, who am I? I've, you have to be flexible. In music, we call it improvisation. Improv means I generally know where the song is going, but for these this few seconds here, 30 seconds, I'm going to play whatever I want to play, but I know where we're going still, right? So with business, if things are down, what are you doing? What are you not doing? Gauge what has, has changed for you over the last year, and then look at what other people are doing that's successful. Tony Robbins is awesome with that. He says, mm -hmm. unabashedly, look at someone else who's doing what you want to do and structure yourself after that. And music is the same way. When you first pick up a guitar and you start playing, you're not just making up your own music on the spot. You gotta learn your Jimi Hendrix and your Metallica and your Slash, your Garth Brooks or whatever music you're into. You have to learn other people's music first before you can start creating your own. And so with business owners, I think a lot of them get comfy. They fall into the same old routine year after year and they expect that same thing is gonna work and that's not. It takes engaging with your customers. It takes not selling. It's just 
being yourself, but also being flexible because your customer base is going to change. The economy is going to change. It's the same exact process. Well, here's the thing that frustrates me, I guess. You know, we consult with as many people as we can help in a year, for mm -hmm. sure, business-wise. And if you were a musician and you're on stage and you grab your guitar and you start singing and everybody hates it, mm -hmm. are you going to keep doing it? Or is the next song you select in your repertoire of songs going to be something that's going to try to more meet your client, mm -hmm. the audience, mm -hmm. going to meet what they want, what their needs are? Uh, well, the smart thing to do is to gauge your audience. So if I play, you know, some Beatles, right, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at a crowd full of folks that look like they probably want some Willie Nelson instead, <laughs> if I'm smart, I'm going to play some Willie Nelson. But I have been bullheaded in my life. I'm like, yep. well, you don't like that? Well, I'm going to play some Jimi Hendrix next. I'm going to play some Paul Simon. Mm -hmm. Take this, you bastards. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm going to do what I want to do, but it never works. You're mm -hmm. never going to win them over. You have to kind of meet your clients, meet your fan base, meet your potentials halfway um, and be authentic. There's one important reason. What's they that? have the money. Yeah, that's right. So whether it's your client, whether it's your audience, mm -hmm. whoever, it is, whoever it is that you're trying to entertain, to move, to persuade, to sell. That's right. They have the money. Mm -hmm. They get to pick who they give it to. So who cares that you're a 50-year-old business and you've done it a certain way the entire time? You know what? I appreciate longevity. I appreciate consistency. And I appreciate long-term staying power. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, the business cycle has changed permanently. Yeah. Instead of being a 10, 15, 20-year business cycle, we have some business cycles that are 18 months now. Maybe two, three, five years tops. So as a business owner, street smart business, mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're always sensitive to who we're trying to get to give us their money. Yeah. You know, there is something to be said for being that one guy. You know, um, there's lots of artists out there that have never changed their style, that have never changed their, their, their lyrics. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the content, the way their music sounds, it's always the same. But and they have their loyal following. That's right. And you know, and and there's a lot of people that talk about a thousand true fans. Oh yeah. You know, if you have a thousand loyal people, that's enough to run a business, raise a family, put kids through college, and have a retirement. Correct. So I'm with you. But for any entrepreneur that's got the great idea that wants to make a difference and wants to scale, as you said, you have to be flexible, mm -hmm. gauge the audience, and then the thing that I'm still jealous of is that I've been very successful at persuading at selling. But in three minutes and 30 seconds, it happens. I've watched it. You know, we've seen you guys live, seen you live several times, uh, had you out for, for my wife's birthday party. Which is a good time. Um, which do brown, you know, that's brown nosing right there. I, I, um, you hooked me up. I, I, I definitely got the birthday present out of that, <laughs> uh, out of that presentation. But um, to watch somebody that's skeptical because your, your band is current is fubs and chubs fubs and chubs mm -hmm. check them out they have instagram facebook youtube spotify, channel spotify YouTube. we're hard to miss you would definitely be uh, missing out if you didn't go check them out and make sure um to check out show notes we'll have them in all the descriptions links to everything that you're doing so people can check it out my man um but it is not music that i personally would typically listen to right 30 seconds i think it took me to become a fan, you know, just because you could just see, again, I keep, I hate keep saying the word authentic. It's real. But today though. in a Facebook social media society where everything is filtered and, and is fake, mm -hmm. and is manufactured, to see authentic live in 3D mm -hmm. uh, and just to see a bunch of people having an absolute ball they're not putting on a presentation. They're not performing. They're jam they're just like they were if nobody was there. That's right. It's like if nobody was there, they're sitting around playing, singing, having an absolute if nobody would have been there, you would have had just as much fun as a band. And we do, even yeah. in rehearsals. Yep. 30 seconds it took me to find. It. And that's where I think entrepreneurs, we have to go outside of what we normally look at as our examples. 
You know, if I have a flower shop and I'm going to go look what every other flower shop does and I try to compete with them. Or you're just one person standing up here waving your arms and the whole group of people waving their arms. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden when you get outside of that and I look at, at a band, at a creative, you know, somebody like yourself that, that leads that and, and, you know, is driving force behind a lot of the songs and, and the lyrics and, the, and the, the music behind the lyrics. It's like, what can I steal from you? That's right. And I won't feel a lick bad about it, dude. Amen. I will rob your shit and I will use it. Amen. If it makes helps me help a family, helps me help a business client, I'm going to rob and steal from you. That's okay because I stole it from somebody else. <laughs> Imitation is the best mm -hmm. form of flattery. Right. And that's how it all works. You think Gordon Ramsay came up with all those recipes by himself because he's some culinary genius? Some of them, but they were all based on something that came before him, somebody where he learned it from, whether you're talking about chefs, painters, musicians, financial advisors, Wall Street guys, politicians, they're all borrowing from ancient knowledge or what they say, standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, one thing that impacted me very early on, and I carry this into every endeavor that I do, there was a 70-year-old guy, I think he's from France, his name was Francois Raboth. You've probably never heard of him, but a world-class upright bass player. World-class. Still practiced for six to eight hours a day. And this was about 10 years ago, and he was in his 70s. I don't know if he's passed by now. But the, the interviewer asked him, well, why do you still practice so much? I mean, you, you're a master, world-renowned. You've taught thousands of students. You've done this your whole life. You are the pinnacle of talent here. He said, well, I learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. And that is key. Learning and being excited about learning. If you're a business owner and you just can't get the motivation to get out there and sell houses, if you don't have the motivation to get on Facebook or hire a younger cat that's going to do your Facebook and get out there, and if you're going to curmudgeon your way, there, I don't do the internet, I don't do it. Well, then have fun being in a museum. Because you ain't going to make it. <laughs> right. You have to learn exactly right. and learn and learn and learn. The learning never ends. It mm -hmm. never ends. And if you're not advancing your knowledge on your given topic, bury it and move mm -hmm. on. Find another topic that does excite you so that you can just continually cram this machine full of something that's going to be useful. And then you add that flexibility that we've been talking about. And that, I think, is going to carry people into the future. Um, and one question I do have, you said the, the life cycle of a business can be 18 months. Do you mean that's from start to like exit strategy? <laughs> People are starting and then selling businesses? I don't mean exit by choice. Hmm. I mean, you're done. Oh, wow. I mean, how about, remember that stupid little thing like two years ago, the little thing you pinched with your fingers and you the flipped fidget it? fidget spinners. It's freaking gone. Yeah, I guess you don't see I those mean, anymore, yeah, do you? Yeah, you can still buy one yet, but instead of being, you know, $14.99 or whatever the hell it was when they sold it initially, it's like $2.99 now. Right. Market's gone. So it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. So there was a great idea, came up, sold, maxed out, gone. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's true. How many, t how many rotary telephones are you using? How many cars are driving around with carburetors right now? You know, we are in the dislocation time of the most crazy dislocation time that we've ever had in history. Hmm. I mean, there are people, especially with tech is in AI and tech and all the things. I mean, take your industry. Yeah. I mean, I just listened, I listened to a bunch of interviews of different musicians talking, so I wanted to, I wanted to have a little little more depth. Smart. And they're all complaining about they don't make any money selling songs now. Tough the shit. The industry took, technology took, their business model is gone. Yep. So where's the money made now? Merch? Touring. Uh, if you can... Get a bunch of streams on Spotify. That's great. Spotify gives you like point zero 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 one cent per right. stream to the tune of like even Pharrell ain't making the kind of money he needs to make off Spotify. <laughs> and right. Pharrell should be making hella money on some Spotify. You know what I mean? But he's not. Um, so you just got to be creative. I think, you know, YouTube streams, if you're making video content, musicians are interesting people. For sure. Artists are just interesting people. For you sure. know, our... our Diets are more interesting than the average person. We've traveled. We've met tons of people from different religions. Our sex is more interesting. Like, you know, it's just way, artists tend to venture way outside of the boundaries. But typically, people only get one little slice, and that's their musical slice. Right. In this day and age, with the influencer age, if you're mm -hmm. not making music and video and art and, and starting your own clothing line or doing, if you're not mm. branching out in what they call moguling up, if you're not trying to become some kind of mogul on your own smaller scale, then you're failing. 
Yep. You're, you're antiquated. You're basically a Civil War reenactor. And that's me. I have 20 years in music. That was my life. I missed out on thousands and thousands of dollars in 2020 because I could not play live music. Right. And that affected my bottom line big time. Sure. And that's just from the live performances. That that doesn't even count all the other things that I can do to make money from music. But I had to be flexible. And I thought to myself, well, photography, videography, this this kind of works. And now I can marry those two things, though. Sure. Right. And, and I've also been a salesman, so I have a bit of an acting, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, if I wanted, I could be very dramatic and we could take this in a different direction. But so you mix all these things and you forge ahead. And I might be wrong. I might eat shit and eat crow in a couple of years. And I might be like, well, I did all this and it didn't work. But there's that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Keep learning. Keep being flexible. Keep moving on. Um, and that that is numero uno because it ain't going to go back to the way it was mm-hmm. ever. Right. And, you know, the surprising thing, and this will be my last comment on it, is we've been told since the mid-90s that the Internet was going to change everything. And then now we're looking at it and everyone's like, well, the Internet's changed everything and we don't know what we're going to do. It's like you're <laughs> acting like this blindsided you. Right. They've been telling us for right. almost three yeah, Christmas decades. Christmas comes every year. Dude. Yeah, it's, it, yeah this we knew is it was coming. a surprise. We're like, oh, my gosh. Well, it's like we knew. We knew right. that it was going to change e-commerce. It was going to yep. change communication. It was going to change music and television and movies. We knew this was coming. But now all these industries are like, oh, Lottie, like, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, you should have been thinking about that for, I don't know, 20 years. Right. Now, so much we have to get into yet. I mean, we've been rolling along here for, I don't even know, half hour already, and we haven't even scratched the service yet. (laughs) But there's a few things that I personally am just super interested in. How do you write a song? How do you write a song? Like, you've written a ton of songs. I know you have credit on a bunch Mm -hmm. of songs. Mm -hmm. How do you write a song? Like, how how do you write a song? Well, this, and I'm going to bring up Willie Nelson again. He said, you got to just follow some formats, right? And Willie Nelson, I think it was Conan or somebody, he's like, I could write you a song right now. It might not be any good, but I could write it. <laughs> and there's a formula that it follows, you know? You right. have, it's just like an essay. You know, if you're writing an essay for college, you have your thesis statement, your introductory paragraph, your body of evidence, and then your closing statement. Songs work almost the same way. You have your intro, your verse, maybe a pre-chorus, your chorus, Another verse, chorus, maybe a guitar solo, and then a few more choruses and you're out. You know, there's a variety of different structures, um, but they're basically templates. And so then you just have to listen to the universe, God, the muse, whatever it is you believe in, where it comes from. But I don't personally like to take ownership over ideas because they come to me and it seems so involuntary. It's like shitting or or breathing or something, (laughs) you know, it just like happens and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's cool. I kind of hear this in my mind, but it feels like a gift. It doesn't feel like something that I had to churn and like work over. The moment of inspiration comes and it's free. It's a free gift. Now, do you notice that you're in, like when that comes to you, is it like in you're doing this, this a similar thing? Is it something you put yourself in a position to, to welcome that? Or is it something that is not like, um, you're not calling it, you're not manufacturing, it's just you have to be open when all of a sudden you could be driving down the road. You could be picking your daughter up. You could be working someplace on a gig, and all of a sudden it just comes to you. How, is it random like that, or is it, it, it something you put be, yourself yeah. in the right state of mind, the right position to learn it? That? Sometimes it's really inconvenient when an idea comes. You could be shitting, and you don't have a pen or a paper next to you, or you could be doing the dishes, and you're like, oh. And then you have to, it's that thing, you know, when you're trying to remember someone's phone number, 419-668-419-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Uh, let's take it to Willie Nelson. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. Right. Somebody uh, probably, probably actually said that. <laughs> right. He probably walked off of Willie's tour bus and was like, I'm, let me tell you, I am <laughs> never smoking weed with Willie again. And then, oh my God. That's a song. That's a song. There's a whole well, song Holmes in there. just did that Six Feet Apart song. Mm-hmm. Sitting down, you know, frustrated because he can't tour, writes a song in like 15 minutes. It, it was number one. Yeah. Number yep. one. Because he couldn't write. Yeah. There's been so many songs about writer's block. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, it's just, but you have to be able to extrapolate on it. So if an idea comes to you, I'm never going to smoke weed with Willie again. Well, how many different things can I say that then lead me back to that punchline? It's a good punchline because there's like seven different things, funny things that you can say to get you to that same destination. Right. That's how you know it's good because you can approach it and look at it from many different angles. And that kind of works in business as well. You know it's a good idea when you can come at it from a variety of angles. But if you can't, and it's just kind of the standalone thing, well, then you know it's just a branch of something bigger. And maybe it needs more development, if that makes sense. Now, do you have, like when you're writing a song, and you have what you've, you know, you've built it, you had the raw idea, you've, you've waited, it's been weeks, you've been sifting through it, keep com- coming back to it, touching up. Do you test it and then switch it up and test it again? Or is it once it feels right, once I know it's right, that's the that's the that's the version. So talking about how do you know it's done? Yeah, like it's ready to ship. It's ready to ready um, to put out there. You you don't. There's always a little bit of variance in that. Like when you when you're done. But I I took some notes from Prince. Later in Prince's career, I heard and this might be an urban legend, but I liked it, so I'm gonna stick with it as truth. Is that he only listened to his own music. He didn't want to be influenced by anything else. So when I'm creating a song, I'm working on one right now. Um, it's about if the world is going to end, then I'm going to throw a dance party while it's burning. Because how else do you want to go out? I ain't going to be <laughs> shitting my pants underneath the table being scared. I'm Let's dance. Let's get, this is it. This is the big moment, you know? Right. So <laughs> I'm only listening to that song right now. I listened to it four times on the way here. And I made it a week and a half ago. So that's the only song I've been listening to on repeat for a week and a half. And then you start to visualize, you hear things that aren't there yet. I'm like, okay, you know, take notes. Next time I'm in the studio, I'm going to take this out and put this in there instead. And you build, build, build. Uh, but as far as testing it, I test it on my bandmates. Mm. So that's why another reason why I like working in the group is because I can bounce it off them. And if they send a text back like, holy shit, dude, then it's like, I know it's good. <laughs> it's if they're the like, right oh, that's sweet, man. Right. Uh, okay, that's like mom being like, that finger painting is very nice. We'll put it, on the fridge, put it on the fridge, maybe right? On the side, that's not, not what you front. want. That yeah. is not what you want. You want somebody to be like, oh, damn, that's great. I, I hear this and I'm going to play this and do the sax here. Like, you want that kind of feedback um, because sometimes you can't judge for yourself. You're, you're too in it to have a, a true perspective of it. Well, the thing that it, I think, again, trying to take it back to the business aspect mm-hmm. is that, you know, if we even take our local businesses, the typical small business who, you know, irregardless of your politics, governed the line is screwed mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care who hears this. Yep. Dude, crucified small business. Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden I'm stuck in my business and let's just extrapolate the example. I'm second generation. I'm taking over from mom and dad mm-hmm. and they've always, you know, we own, a, own this machine shop and we've always had the same customers. We've always made the same you know, raw parts for these machines, and we've always shipped them the exact same way. But in the back of my mind, I know there's something else. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm stuck here because I still got my 60 hours that I got to put in making widget A all day long, shipping widget A all day long, yep. doing the same thing we've always done. But I had this nagging urge in the back of my head. Now I'm preaching to myself here a little bit because mm-hmm. this happens all the time. What makes you able to give that nagging urge, that gentle push you're getting from whoever, wherever, what gives you the strength, the focus, the certitude, whatever you want to call it, to follow it, to stop what seems to be what everybody thinks is the right thing to do, the right song to play, the right music to write, the right product to make, the right product to sell, and give attention to that nagging, burning idea that keeps banging in the back of your head. Because I'm telling you, 9 out of 10, probably 9.5 out of 10, businesses suppress that, knock it down, 
go away. And then three years later, you heard, you hear from them, oh, I thought about that three years ago. Dude, I could have made that three years. That was my thing five years ago. Mm-hmm. Hell, we even had one we even roughed out and made. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do it. So what is your, like, how do you go from, you have, you guys, you, we all know the songs that everybody wants to hear, your loyal following. Mm-hmm. But you're writing a new song. What gives you the comfort to move from the old standby, the ones you know are going to get the response, the one you know are appreciated, and venture out and focus and put resources, time, love, money, emotion into that new, that new song? Because I've publicly fucked up a ton in my life, and Pre- I'm not scared of it anymore. Mm-hmm. People are so afraid of judgment. They're so afraid of failure. Even as a photographer now, people don't want their picture taken. They hate it. Not a, oh gosh, you know, and it, it's this superficial thing that we have. I don't want anybody to know that I'm human. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know that I'm as vulnerable as anybody right. else. Right. Whether you're Bill Gates or you're some homeless crackhead on the streets, like you shit, you eat, you sleep, you breathe. You are a human being with blood in your veins and you are going to fail. And as much as we all want to be king, badass, all-star quarterback, or like head cheerleader, we all want those types of high-level, high-visibility things, and we want to look good and successful while we do it. We all kind of want that. Even if somebody says, oh, I don't care about that stuff, bullshit. Everybody wants power. Everybody wants a degree of respect and, and some sort of like dignity, you know what I mean? But that's hard-earned. The people who really have it, busted their ass Mm -hmm. and busting ass doesn't just mean i'm digging and shoveling and plowing busting your ass means you fell and bust your ass you scraped your knees yeah you got scars Mm -hmm. and that's the only way to get there and and trust me i grew up and and this isn't a dog on anybody or anything but i grew up in the midwest around a bunch of like farmer types Mm -hmm. who was very much play it safe play it safe don't spend too much don't dress too crazy don't mouth off too loud don't say this don't do that it's very much a fenced in sort of thing Sure. Don't do this. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do this. Don't Same do that. here. Big city. Oh, no. Big city ain't for me. But it's like, do you know? Right. Have you lived there? Take three weeks. Go live in Manhattan. Prove it to yourself that it is, in fact, not for you. Otherwise, you can't say it. But I grew up in these very fenced in same, you know, safe places. But the only thing I ever wanted to do is it's like I wanted to be that skydiving instructor when someone's holding on to the edge of the plane and they're just like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> boom. boom. <laughs> Shut up and do it. You right. you might fail. Well, skydiving is a bad example because if you fail, there there's probably there's, not there's a, a second cost. chance. There's, there's a cost. probably a better analogy there. But you know what I'm saying? Like you are going to fail. You're going to fall down. If you have a business idea or you want to try, hey, let's let's bring in a new hire to do some outside sales for us. You know, and I'm like, oh god, I don't know the books and the money, the payroll, and blah blah blah. You don't know until you try it. And if it fails, then you can check it off the list and then and feel good about it. Failure is good, and I mean that's direct stealing that from Gary Vee. There's that imitation thing again. Absolutely. I will directly steal it from that dude because you have to get your ass kicked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how the hell are you gonna know what works and what doesn't? So for those small businesses, again, musicians, my people, like I go online, social media, and there's a bunch of whining like, oh, I miss shows, I miss my fans, I just am alone in my room and I watch <laughs> too much Netflix and other. Well, you're not trying, right? Coronavirus. Right. Our governors, our state leaders, health departments, whatever, whatever your opinions on this whole thing are, all of us got our asses handed to us this year, mm-hmm. every single one of us. But you know what? I've seen some shining stars come out of this. I've seen some people that just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to start a new venture. I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend more time with my kids. It's not always about that hustle and churn and money making. Some people found themselves this year. Some people reconnected Amen. with their families Amen. and stuff. It's yep. been good. Yep. But those are the flexible ones. Yep. Get your ass kicked, mm-hmm. brush the dirt off, and try again. That That is timeless. You go back to Egypt, there's probably some old guy sitting in front of a clay pot who'd tell you the same damn thing. Fall on your ass and get up and mm-hmm. keep going. It's not new, but for some reason, every so often, mm-hmm. every even myself, we all need to be reminded of it. Well, I, I can think back, you know, and again, a lot of the what we call scars are what our impression of what the world the group, you know, the group think is about us personally and what mm-hmm. we just did, failure, success, whatever. Yep. And there's nothing that I can say that builds character more than surviving humiliation. Yeah. I mean, something where pride is just stomped, mm-hmm. ego is just blown up, and there's nowhere to hide. 
Yep. You know, I've had that. Same. And I and I say to this date, no question. Now, at the time, I wouldn't have said this. But if I could go back, would never change it in a million years. Nope. During it? During it? During it? During it. It's your stomping during your feet. It. This is bullshit. <laughs> no. Yeah. During it? Uh, dude, I wanted, I wanted to run. Yeah. Run. Yeah. But surviving it. I can't explain the the horsepower that give that gives you. Now maybe I'm just a belligerent old guy now because of it. You know, maybe maybe that's the case. I don't think so, but but at the same time, I just don't care anymore. You know what what you think, what the public thinks, whatever could care less. It's all about delivering value, delivering connection. Delivering peace, delivering safety, delivering, you know, financial security. All those, that's all I care about. And if it pisses you off how I do it, I could care less. Right. You know, I'll, if you don't like it, you're not my client. You're not, you're, I'm not for you. Guess what? There's 80 million other people that you can choose from. That's right. Okay. I know based on my scars, my skid marks, my bumps and bruises and broken bones, I know exactly who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. And as an artist, I think the other thing that, you know, again, I've done a lot of public speaking, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you're in front of that group, you're ultimately at your most vulnerable spot. Yeah. And what 90% of speakers, or I see a lot of musicians do it too. Now, you guys are gifted more than us speakers are. Mm-hmm. Debatable. Is that you seem a lot more willing to let the heart out. Musicians do. Most of the speakers of any quality let the heart out. That's right. But you can go back when you get down to the mid-level, the regional, the state. You know, most of the, you're getting a rehearsed story. You're not getting a window to the soul. That's right. You're not getting who I really am. You're not getting my, my imperfect self. You're getting my factory-created, uh, tw- thousand-time rehearsed presentation. So to this day... I have yet to ever prepare for a speech. I've ever Amen. I've yet to ever write a note down. I've I usually don't even think about it until that day. And when that day comes, what I try to do is I look up people who would probably be there or people like them and I look into what their life's like. Mm-hmm. And then everything that I say from that is based on my understanding of exactly where they're at that second. Why are they there? Exactly. What are they there for? What keeps them up at night? That's right. What makes their chest tight? What mm-hmm. feels like that burden of a, a gazillion pounds on their back today? You know, in, in, in a lot of cases, when we're working with family-owned businesses, you know, we have multiple generations. And all of a sudden, we're in a situation where, you know, parents think they understand what son or daughter thinks. Mm-hmm. Son or daughter thinks they understand what mom and dad think. And there's always this everyday torture and tension to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually sit down and remove the barricades between everybody and have an honest conversation, you find out none of them knew anything. That's right. None of them took enough time to put themselves in the other person's shoes to totally understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a difficult thing. Empathy is a weird thing um, because you can't really know. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, you know, the, one of the big ones, you know, BLM right now, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we're going to go there. We, we deep now. We in. Um, but, like, I can be sympathetic. I can read all the books. I can be up on culture and history and all these things. But I, I still can't know mm-hmm. what it's like to be a black dude walking mm-hmm. down the street at 1.30 in the morning right. in a mostly white neighborhood. I don't know what that's like. And there might be times when it's totally normal and okay, right, for him. Sure. Or her. And then there's other times when he definitely should not be walking down that street at that time. You know, and there's a bunch of things. But I can't know that. I can't know what it's like to be a woman. I can't know what it's like to be uh, 70 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. I haven't done it. And I can't do it until I've been there. And if there's no way I'm ever going to be there, 
So you, that's 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 the thing about mutual respect, mm-hmm. and that helps with clients too. Absolutely. Why are your clients coming to you to buy a vacuum cleaner? What do they want? They want something that works. They mm-hmm. want something that's going to last a few years, and they don't want it to break the bank. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then you're the guy, right? But even more than that, with empathy, you got it. That's people skills. Mm-hmm. That's not rehearsing in the mirror before your big speech. Yep. That's just like being an authentic person and being right. like, hey. I breathe, I walk, I shit, I sleep, I do the same things you do. Yep. We are the same. Yep. First and foremost, that levels that playing field. Um, and then you're not overly selling. It's not like, oh, well, if that's not good, then for you know, four ninety nine ninety nine, we've got this Dyson over here that's like, people hate that shit. Would you like to meet on Tuesday or Thursday? Mm-hmm. Now, so can we sign you up today for 12 months of this magazine? It's like, no, you can't, dude, shut up. Nobody likes that kind of right. salesy approach anymore. Yeah, 1984. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Traveling vacuum salesman or whatever. <laughs> Kirby. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, got the little patch. Yeah. God, nobody likes that. They just want to talk to somebody who understands what they need. Like, look, man, I need a new car, and I can't pay more than two fifty a month. And, you know, it's just like they want that, and they want somebody to be like, no, I understand. You know, and as a matter of fact, we have this over here. It might not be exactly what you're looking for, but it is going to be two thirty three seventy three a month, and that's going to be within your thing. And I think is the best thing. They're probably going to take it, and you got that sale. Because right. you leveled with them, and you're like, yep. you know, well, I heard you there, but for three ninety nine ninety nine, we can put you in this badass thing over yeah, here. I you heard know? you, but I didn't hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for a fact our lenders are going to give you way more than you can probably pay off. Yeah, so, outstanding credit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's just about being authentic. And, um, you know, when it comes to going on stage, whether you're a public speaker or a musician, people don't want the dry science of it. Mm-hmm. They don't care. That's mm-hmm. why most of us scrape by through algebra. We don't want to have to go through that nitty-gritty formulaic process. I could sit here and tell you why a G major 7 add 9 is really a D major Could over a B a minor. You yeah. are, you're already bored. Yeah. They already turned off the podcast. They're like, G major 7 add 9, I'm the <laughs> fuck out of here. No, I don't care. You know, But I need to know that because I'm the professional. Right. But at the end of the day, I know when to use that to make you feel a certain way. And that's my job. You know. And then as a musician, I know why you're there. You're not there to like cry in your beer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're there to have a good time. To erase it all. That's right. You're there to forget and have fun. Stop time for a second. Yep. Step into, you know, your silent, quiet place. Yep. That equals fun, understanding, connection. But if you're a singer-songwriter, just you and an acoustic guitar, and it's a small room, and it's mm-hmm. very quiet, mm-hmm. well, that might be a time to feel a little sad, to reflect on gotcha. some things. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's true. Because everyone's yep. there with you. It. They call them listening rooms. Yep. And it's like you're you're there to think about death. You're there to think about loss and love and interpersonal connection. You're there to think about those deeper, more quiet, contemplative-type things. But if it ain't that room... Don't do that. Because if it's a rowdy <laughs> right. room and like before you play, they got the jukebox blaring and they're throwing darts and shooting pool. Jukebox like, heroes on board. You're yeah. not going to win them over with those songs. You better have come prepared with some ACDC or some shit they're ready to get down to. You right. know what I mean? That's just right. the law of things, you know? But it's it's knowing. and But that, to me, it's about knowing your client. Why are they there? Why are they walking through your door? Yep. You know? And then not only that, but where are the trends going? That's the other thing we talked about. You know, you, you started with... Uh, you're dreaming about something bigger. You're dreaming about something else, you know, and listening to that is is knowing where the trends are going, and that comes with research. That comes with that learning part that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Music is different now than it was in 1982. 1982, you start a band, you play your ass off. Maybe an A&R rep is going to find you and be like, you guys need to come to New York, Sonny, and I'm going to chomp on my cigar. I'm going to make you a million dollars. That shit's gone. Yep. It ain't like that anymore. Now you got an iPhone and a good microphone. You don't need them. And you're either interesting or you're not. Exactly right. That's that's it. And that's the same with business. You you either sell something that is valuable or you do not. And you got to decide for yourself and you and you got to put that out there and and know your audience and know where the trends are going. I can't tell you how many people won't even go on the internet. My time at that chamber, I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm a little bitter about it, if you couldn't tell. So many of these businesses are, oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm not mm-hmm. on the internet. I'm, it's like, well... Indiana yeah. Jones will see you in the uh, the museum there, buddy. I hope <laughs> I hope you like that where it's going because you can't fight this. No. Now I have a selfish question. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna make it two parts. Okay. What is your very most favorite song to perform? That's yours. That's mine. Okay. And then, if you could cover anybody, who's your favorite artist to cover? Okay. Wow. Those are going to be very different things. I figured, okay. I figured as much, but I was just curious. Uh, it's a toss up again. It's contextual. So if I'm by myself, um, there's a song I wrote about 10 years ago now called Sisyphus stone. 
And it's about kind of humanity as a whole pushing the rock up the hill for all eternity. Like we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over mm -hmm. again, whether it's 2,000 years ago or today. Uh, that one's really good because if it's in the right room at the right time for the right people, it's a really impactful song. And I've, I've seen people really react to that one. Um, and appreciate it as much as I do. Because again, that was a gift to me from the universe. I didn't write that song. It came through me. I, I was like an antenna, right? Yep. Uh, the other one is more fun. That's from Fubs and Chubs. Um, it's called Let's Have Sax. I really wanted, <laughs> yeah. to, I wanted to highlight yep. our saxophone player, young, young cat, really, really good. And I loved the play on words, you know, where you're talking about the curves of the saxophone. Let's have sax. Eh, you know, it's, right. it's, it's a little pervy, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to sing as well. So let's have sax by Fubs and Chubs for sure. I always have a good time. And if I could cover anybody, it's got to be that James Taylor, man. If I'm by myself. Now, I've never heard you do James Taylor. Really? No. Uh, he's like, have you ever seen people like build a ship in a bottle? Have you ever seen that process done? Not seen. I've seen. I've honestly been places where I've seen it done and go like, dude, I, that's not. Like, how do you even. Yeah, what stop is it? me. I'm not wired that way. It just takes time. And it's very slow. And there's no, like, fast track right. to get there. You have to take your time. There's no, like, oh, I got this done in one hour. Like, no. You sat there for weeks and just meticulous. And that's how I view James Taylor. And that's that's why I got – I play R&B funk music and I love hip-hop. Like, I don't really listen to Americana Roots country-type music uh, as much anymore. But even despite that – I love those master craftsmen. It's very old school. It's it's not power tools. It's like old hand tools that you made yourself kind of building. That kind of feel. That's what I get from those old school cats that like I just don't see it in modern music anymore. And if I do, it's it's in a different context. So that those those are the answers for that. I understand. Now, if you had I mean lo looking at at your performance career going forward, you know, we sitting here today, we know what all's happened the last eight to 10 months. Mm. We, we get it. What does, you know, what's the future look like for Tony Schaefer, Fubs and Chubbs? I mean, from, an, from a musical standpoint, from a group. Because again, a band's a business. Correct. I mean, I know sometimes it's hard for you guys to look at it that way. Yeah. But it truly is. I mean, you've got coworkers. You've mm -hmm. got creative control issues. Mm -hmm. You know, there are bills. There's income and expenses. Yeah. There's also marketing. There's sales. You know, All there the you have it's a business. And Tony Schaefer's a business as even as an individual artist going forward. So what what's the next I mean, near term and, and a little bit further out? What's that look like for you right now? Musically, um, I actually just had this conversation with the guys over the last month or so. I said, let's imagine a world where we don't play another big live show until 2022 2023 let them get this vaccine out let the majority of people relax and feel better about what is or isn't happening or whatever no matter what your thoughts on it we're not in control over when that happens and that sucks but we could either kick and scream in the dirt or we could find a way to circumvent the scenario and and develop our own way forward so um it was good that I got into photography and videography because everyone's on their damn phones and computers right now. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to do if you're stuck sure. at home, you know? Um, so we're, we're starting, uh, it's Fubs and Chubbs, so FNC. We're starting FNC TV um, where we're doing little skits. It could be funny. It could be serious. Um, and we're going to mix the music with some video mediums. And, it, and it's still very much green. It's very seedling type of stage. Um, but I'm very patient. I like to see where it goes. And if this doesn't work, chop that branch off, force it to grow this way. And, and I love the application of flexibility there where let's start something, see where it's flowing. Ah, we don't like it there. Let's dam the river here so the river flows this way. Let's try this. And you're actively manipulating the future as it goes. It's like a puppeteer um, because I honestly don't have a damn clue what's going to happen over the next 10 years. But I imagine it has a lot to do with being on a device Augmented reality, virtual reality, Zoom meetings, mm -hmm. distancing, you know, those those old things of like, we're going to cram 2,000 people in this sweaty ass rock club, rock club. It, I just don't see it happening as much anymore. And if you do, people are going to be very weary of it after this. They're mm -hmm. going to wear masks anyway. There's going to be a sect of the population that I see wearing masks indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Um like it, leave it, love it, think it's ridiculous, whatever it might be, is that's just there now. Um, 
And so where do I see myself as an individual? I just see myself being flexible and just taking notes, being observant. What's happening in these industries? Where do we go? What's happening with fashion, computers, finance? Well, I don't know anything about finances. I should have been asking you all the questions this entire time. I don't know shit about <laughs> that's for that. for another show. Yeah, that's, another all right, show. that's, that's yeah. perfect. I like, being, I like being creative. It's just, uh, it's hard to monetize that because like right. you said, it is a business. And so at the end of the day, you have to find a way to make your product valuable. And in and, and this day and age, it's views, views mm-hmm. and likes. That, and whether people say it doesn't matter how many likes you have on your Instagram, honey, mm-hmm. it's like you're still important to me. Like, no, <laughs> it kind of fucking matters in it a does. way, you know, like yep. and, and, and it's not the end all be all. It mm-hmm. doesn't make or break you. But that clout and that momentum that helps things, you know, and mm-hmm. legitimizes whatever it is you're doing. You know, crossing the 1000 likes mark for a band is a pretty big deal. You know, yep. or any even small brand. Like my girlfriend started um, like a women's boutique, lingerie, pajamas, that type of thing. Um, we're almost to a thousand, I believe, likes really? on Instagram, Facebook. When did you start it? She started out, I want to say July. Well, August. hey, thanks for keeping me in the loop on that. I appreciate that. Well, I, I figured that you'd, you'd look really good in that lingerie. <laughs> Dude, so. I own that. <laughs> I, I bring it. If but, you do not want to sell something ever again, you know, allow me to be your model for that, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, but it, it's hard. So the best advice I could say, I'm not even sure if you could call it advice, but it's just to be very, very flexible. Don't get stuck in your ways mm-hmm. and say like, you know what, damn it, no matter what happens with this, like we're going to keep going the way we've been going. Like that's a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Like it, that might work for some, but it ain't going to work for everybody. It's not a blanket thing like stay strong, America, and just keep doing what you do best. Like, no, take some damn notes, look around, see how things are changing. Because, right. again, the Internet's still new, as they say. Well, since the Internet, that's like the Internet's been here for 30 years, man. This ain't Yeah, but it's new. still like a minute, though. It, Honestly, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things. Yes. Same as cars, though. Yeah. Cars yeah. were about 100 years ago. Yeah. And that's very small blip in time. Yep. When you go macro, but when you go micro, I mean, 30 years is most of my life. Sure. You know what I mean? So like it ain't new in a way, you know, so on on that micro thing. So, but people have been warning you. So Mm -hmm. listen to the trends. And I know as we get older, we tend to get more conservative. We tend to just like shun the young progressive crowd because they don't know and they want everything faster and they want it now and they're all distracted. Uh, That's an interesting point to bring up is that in, uh, there's, I think it's in ancient Greece. I forget what the who said the quote, but they talked about the young generation is too distracted with their newest technology and socializing with their friends and da da da. But then you fast forward like 1500 years, and mm-hmm. the old guys are still saying the same shit about the young generation. Yep. They've always just been like, you want it now and you want it fast. And so it's like, well, Earl, you were the same way when you were 17. Mm-hmm. We all do that stuff. So don't be a curmudgeon, don't get stuck in the mud. Be flexible because things are always going to change. That's the one thing life does the best is change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's over a long period of time and sometimes it's instantaneously. And that's the most important thing you can do. So what am I going to be doing? Being flexible. Right. That's it. Well, one thing that I, you know, as I think about, I've obviously too had to do a bunch of presentations over this last eight, eight months via mm-hmm. Zoom. Via Zoom? Yeah. How is that? I freaking hate it, dude. <laughs> I bet. You know, I'm nothing... You know, uh, I just have a unique style about how I do things. And mine is all about making that true connection as fast as possible when I'm in front of a group. You put that screen in the middle and you eliminate 90% of Eric from the presentation. Could you have sex with somebody through a screen? Uh, no. You can't, you right? You could, but, but yes. Sex is great yes. when you hear the other person being like, oh, yes, oh, yes, this is great, please more. <laughs> Playing music's the same way. You yep. finish that song and people are like, yeah, like that feedback is everything, especially yep. given a live performance yep. like you're giving, yep. seeing people like nodding and being like, yep. yes, Eric, yeah, that is, mm-hmm. yes, you're speaking to me right now. You don't get that through Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. So what I, I guess what I would, you know, as street smart business, you know, what I would partake, you know, take what I would take from this is that throughout the summer into the fall, as I did it, I found out I had to be more animated. I had to be more Eric mm-hmm. than I would be ever. I mean, if I did what I did on a Zoom See. meeting in front of a group, I'd probably be hauled out in a straight coat. Yeah. Straight jacket. Yeah. You know, for sure. A little extra crazy. You have to to get the same impact. 
Hmm. So like in your guys' case, you know, you have a loyal following who would probably pay some money to see you, mm-hmm. to, to relive, to have the memories pop back into their head when it was live. I think a lot of businesses, we have to think about and put ourselves in our consumer's shoes. Yeah. You know, if we're stuck with some of this in our life, again, I'm a, I'm a big champion of hoping to get back. I don't, do I think 100% normal is ever possible again? I don't. You know, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why I think it's not. You know, that I'm going to have to get my tinfoil hat out and we'll go run around the yard here. Hey, man, there's bit. more scotch down at the end oh, of the table. Yeah, we'll I mean, you know, like, yeah, okay. But the point is, is no matter what, this has been also a blessing. That's right. Because all of us have learned that our local consuming public is not our only consumer. Yeah. So now Fubs and Chubbs, now Tony Schaefer, now Eric Brown, now Street Smart Business. We have access to anybody. That's right. But somehow we have to figure out through as many senses as we can touch through that screen how to deliver as close to that same connection, that same authenticity, that same feeling that we create for you know, my audience that hears me or your audience that hears you through that screen. All of our work, all of our research, all of our time, that we can allot to that will have a benefit. Because you will be, in the next 18 months, year, whatever, you will play a virtual show. That's coming. I know. Whether you want to or not, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I feel it. Because you're going to want to. You're going to want to be back in front of your people that give a shit about you. That's right. Okay? You'll be able to charge for that. I insist that you do. Yeah. Okay? And I don't care if you charge for it or if there's something that there's going to be merch at the back, songs at the back, CDs at the back. I don't care. Something that create that you're going to get value back out of it for the value that you're delivering. But 100% of that time needs to be on as a consumer watching it. So right. you should be recording a Zoom when you guys perform. And then you guys should be going back and watching that Zoom as your fan. Yeah. As your raving fan, one of the people that love you guys to death. Also go at it as if I've never heard Fubs and Chubs before. What is what is this doing for me? You know, look at it from there. Are those still recording? I heard a sound. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Okay. Sorry. No, I, did, I just wanted to make sure because if we would have looked <laughs> and they would have stopped, we would have been like, shit. Okay. Can sorry. we say that all again the same way? Yeah, say it exactly the way you just said it. Now, this is real. Leave, leave this in here. This is, this is how it would be. Um, we include the outtakes in the actual presentation. It makes it more authentic. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you take this to a business. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that we're doing in this new environment, we all, like, we all think that it's assumed that the consumer is okay with it being grainy and shitty. Yeah. We're, we all assume that it's okay. Well, hey, we got the excuse that it's just we're forced to do Zoom, COVID. Do mm-hmm. I? Yep. There has to be a way. Is there something that you could ship prior to presentation, prior to concert, that they could have with them while they're consuming it? Is there something that, sure. has, that has a sound to it, a smell to it, a feel to it? Yeah. And then you have your sound. You know, then you're going to perform. How do we help our clients? In- that one's not recording. Stand by. No, it's okay. Let's, let's make sure that it's on. <laughs> Sometimes they have a, uh, a time limit. It could be 29 minutes. Is that one still going? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all, man. It's, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, because we still have the one camera, so I mean, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And we have the audio. And, yeah, there's there's ways around it. Yeah. So it's all good. So whoever edits this one, good fucking luck with that. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's the flexibility, though. That's right. why the creative arts, I, I, while we're on it, the creative arts should not be cut from high school for this reason, because... Mm-hmm. And manufacturing, someone F's up on the line, somebody's missing some fingers or some thumbs. That is bad. You don't want to F up on the machine shop, like, assembly line, right? But in music and Broadway and all these things, like, if you screw up, you just make it work. Right. And that and that ability to do that, I've seen people have complete and utter meltdowns if something, one little thing goes wrong. You can't do that. Especially with this. Like, a podcast, what, one camera wasn't on? Who gives well, a shit? who yeah. gives a shit? The conversation's good. I think there's great information here. Like, mm-hmm. 
you're, you're doing a great job as the podcast oh, leader, well, by the thank way. thank you so much. Let's break that fourth wall. Let's just, let's just say it. Like, you're doing a great job, I mean, man. I feel like I almost need to hug here at some point. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, we're close. We've been playing footsie under the table yeah, the whole time. The foreplay so. is maxed out. I think I've gotten as far, far with the foreplay as I possibly can. You know, I'm into it, so. Um, why don't we, I want to refill my bourbon glass, and then I want to get into the photography and stuff like that. So can we take a two minutes, fill up, and then get back to photography sure. And, and, sure. and your video production company and stuff like that? Let's try it out, man.